This episode is sponsored by Bon Buzz, an award-winning female-founded alcohol-free beverage company pioneering the future of drinking. Their latest beverage, Functional Fizz, combats the midday slump with a unique mix of nootropics, adaptogens, and medicinal mushrooms, enhancing mood, focus, and well-being. Whether you're in need of a mid-afternoon boost or just looking to switch up your drink routine, Functional Fizz is the antidote to your slow descent. Use the link in our show notes for a special offer. For me, in terms of making the experience really wholesome, I always believe that the vibe, right, this this invisible KPI, I call it, it always starts from the creators or the promoters, like whoever's leading it. Now, if the if the leader of this event, of this brand, is this weird, sketchy person, the party itself becomes that. No matter who you book or what you bring or how many people are there, I always want to make sure that, you know, Anything that we did, anything that I was leading, anything that I was leading with my team, that the intention, the energy has to be real. Welcome to Elevated Frequencies, the show that gives you access to the next level of house and techno so you can explore an elevated lifestyle. I had a very special opportunity to interview industry titan and founder of 6AM group, Gia Wang, today. Now, I met Gia back in December of 2022 when I cold emailed him. I said, hey, I think there's an opportunity for us to work together on TikTok. Are you open to it? And guess what? He was. He was so cool. He was so open and receptive. And in our journey of working together, I got to know a lot about the ethos behind 6AM Group and why he started the company. Gia used to work in finance and he quickly realized that that job and that lifestyle was not fulfilling for him. And so he started 6AM Disturbance as kind of a side project and it just blossomed into this beautiful, multifaceted brand. So if you are somebody who's trying to make a career change or just a lifestyle change, this interview is packed with great actionable advice. I hope you enjoy. Gia, it's so nice to see you. Thank you for joining me. My my friend, I've known you for a little while now, and I'm really happy I could bring you on the podcast. Yeah, I'm super happy to be here, Lavia. Really excited to uh, discuss what we plan on discussing here. Yeah. So I know you just got back from Mexico City, was it? Yes, it was. It was absolutely amazing. You're always on the move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't complain though. Was that for work or for pleasure? Yeah, actually it was a little bit of both. Um, I went out there because I had a gig on Friday night. Um, So it's my fourth time playing out there. Um, I'm also a DJ along, you know, being a promoter, but DJing is still my first love. So any opportunities that I get to play, um, I'm out there. So it's one of the cities that really has a special place in my heart just because of the people, culture, and the growing techno scene. So yeah, really I love recommend that. it. Well, well, we have a lot to get into because you do so many things. You are the founder of 6AM Group, formerly 6AM Disturbance. But, <laughs> but like you mentioned, your first love is DJing. So I know a lot about your story because we actually worked together on some branding exercise in the past. Yeah. And I got a really good insight into who you are and why you built 6AM, which 
I've been a fan of for long before I knew you. So let's talk about, so you started as a DJ, but you also were in finance. Tell me about those early days. Yeah. So, you know, obviously I went to school for accounting and finance after graduation. um, You know, typical path for any college student was to go get a job. So I ultimately just went and got an accounting and finance job, knowing that that is something very stable that I could use to leverage and actually help build whatever I needed to build outside of those corporate walls. And so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I first realized, wait, accounting and finance has nothing to do with DJing and event promotions, all of that, until I started doing my own budgets, doing our own books, because this is a real industry now. And, and, you know, with any industry, you definitely need some good accounting finance as well as bookkeeping. So it's played out pretty well. That's true. I I know. And I want to talk about how you help artists as entrepreneurs, but that's one of the pitfalls of a lot of people in this industry is they're so focused on the creative side that they don't necessarily have that background to, you know, have the business sense. So, and we'll get to that, but so you had this background in, in accounting and you started going out to shows in LA, right? And you were staying out Super late. Correct, correct, correct. So uh, it actually happened in San Diego, right? So I was actually working in a finance company in San Diego, LPL Financial. It's a really big private uh, financial company. And because we served a lot of clients in Boston, New York, um, you know, I had to be at work no later than 6.37 a.m., which means I had to be up at 6 in the morning. Then on the weekends, um, the opposite would happen. Uh, as I told you, we would party, stay out late. And if anything, I found myself um, in front of the liquor store at 6 a.m. waiting for them to open so that we can buy drinks and alcohol to keep the party going. So that was really that duality, that dual life, which so many artists and industry people have gone through. And so that's really how the brand came about. Um, it's about being in balance. If you look at a clock in a traditional way, and I was really living that crazy, balanced, unbalanced life. Yeah. And so tell me about the point that you decided I can no longer sustain doing both and I'm not happy ultimately doing finance. What was the breaking point for you to leave that behind and kind of go full time with this project that's turned into this brand? Right. Well, you know, I have to say within like year two or year three, working the corporate job, I've had enough of it. But obviously, just because you want to quit and do this music thing full time, it doesn't mean that you are ready for it, or that the life or universe is going to give you what you want. So, you know, ultimately, it was just a lot of um, early morning work, late night work, every spare minute I had, I was working to build this company, whether as sub promoters, as a promotion company, as a content company, as an event company, we really did everything to kind of see what is going to stick. And so the turning point, you know, let's jump to it is, um, so I graduated college in 2007, moved up to LA 2008, had one job until 2017. So it was a nine year journey with one job, one company, um, and really pushing it through. And the turning point was in 2017, about nine years in with 6am, our events and festival in Guam um, started to really take off. Things were just becoming super busy. I mean, I was coming into work, literally doing 6 a.m. work, and I didn't think it was right. It's not right. 
um, as a matter of fact. And so that was really the turning point of it. At the same time, I was also living a double life, right? I mean, I didn't want people at work to know what I was doing. I mean, it's just not a professional thing that we do, at least in the corporate world. So I really kept that hush. And what it does to someone when you try to live this double life is that it really messes up with your head. It's like that um, that TV show, um, Severance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's essentially like you don't know who you are outside of work and who you are outside of work don't know who you are. And the biggest lesson I took from that show is that, you know, both of them wanted to know who they were <clears throat> in the end. But um, ultimately, that's just not how severance was made, right? Because you're not supposed to know that. But ultimately, they both had a desire to know who they are. And ultimately, we just want to be who we are, ultimately, fully, and not have to live this double life, not have to come in and put up a white lie, you know? So that was ultimately the turning point. 2017, I've had enough. Like, I can't live this double life. I'm lying to my friends at work. Um, about what I do. And at the same time, things are growing and happening. And, you know, I've ultimately just made the jump because I felt like I was ready. But more importantly, what we were doing, at least on the events front and festival side, it was showing all signs that I was ready to jump. So that's what I did. Yeah, it's amazing. And and that cognitive dissonance, like you said, really has an effect on your mental health. When you know that you're acting one way with one group, it's really hard to not live authentically. Um, you know, I think a lot of us wear masks in a way, but that actually drains your energy more than just being authentic would be. Yeah. And one thing I love though about you, and we can talk about the different ways you help artists with artist map and your blog and your newsletter is you recognize that not everyone is able to take that next step yet to do this thing full time. And so the resources that you're providing artists are, Hey, here is the mindset you have to have. If you are going to try to make it in a career as a DJ or in the industry, but you also have to tend to the other responsibilities. So Talk to me about Artist Map because it's one of my favorite parts about what you guys do and the different ways that it serves artists. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I have to tell the story of Artist Map because if anything, it's actually what saved me in this industry. And I even want to say it saved 6 a.m. because um, I launched Artist Map in 2019. And prior to that, Um, I was feeling actually quite burned out and drained out. So it's been nine years. I finally jumped. And then once I jumped, we just went crazy, like just with events, shop, everything that I started to feel purposeless. What are we doing here? And it was it was during an interview that I did with John Digweed at Movement where he talked about, you know, you need to find your purpose because that's what's going to anchor everything down. And so when I realized that I had all this passion for everything I was doing without the purpose, I felt really lost, right? Why am I sad after a sold out event? Or why am I sad when this is ultimately what I've always wanted to do? And so I had to look inwards. And everything that I've read regarding entrepreneurship, all of that, it always says, you know, how are you serving your community? And that was the big aha moment for me. Like, you know what? I'm not, we're not. And so the first community that I deci- that I decided that needs to be served is the artist community because it is the biggest industry community that we have. There are more aspiring artists every day than new babies being born. I'm just kidding about that. <laughs> but, but that is really what it seems like, right? I mean, every day, every hour, every minute, 
there's someone right now making a decision that this is what I want to do because this is what I love. And I really felt like they were completely being underserved. There are so many courses out there that teaches you how to make music, but nothing else outside of that. What's the mentality you have to go through? What is the approach, right? How do you market the music that you just made? How do you get yourself out of your own comfort zone? So I decided to use a lot of um, what I find were my strengths and things that I've done with myself, first as a DJ, then as a promoter, building the 6AM brand and really dumping it back into the artist community. And so far, it's been one of the, it's my passion project. It's actually my purpose project, um, I call it. So, you know, it's launched since 2019. We have over 900 enrollees uh, in phase one, which is about mindset and approach. And then we teach things such as social media, self-promotion, branding. And the next phase, which I'm currently developing, is teaching artists how to launch their own music label and create their own community. So, yeah, it's been so much fun. It's really a holistic approach to what it means to be an artist these days because at the end of the day, they need all of those components. As much as people just wish they could just make music and send it out and have the rest taken care of, It's not the reality. And what I like, because I've read so much of your content, is you don't sugarcoat anything. You speak plainly. And I think that people really resonate with that, especially not everyone. We're getting better as a society, but not everyone is um, receptive to mental health discussions or they want to like pretend like they don't have anything wrong. And you are just taking this, your personality is straightforward, blunt approach to this shit happens and you need to be ready for it, whether it's, you know, whatever mental health struggle pops up during your journey. Um, And so that's super refreshing to see. Yeah. Thank you. And it's, you know, and I don't say all these things because, Oh, they're theories. No, like I went through it. Mm -hmm. I see my peers going through it. This is what's happening. This is why people quit, you know? So really wanted to just grab that information and just share it because it can really help, them, number one, save time, right? If I dump all this truth out and you're a 23-year-old kid and you know what? That's not for me. You can make that decision right now rather than going through 10, 12 years of it to your 35 and be like, man, I made a big mistake. Right. That's all I'm trying to do is to help people understand and realize and to dump a real tactical perspective of my experience and the experience of my peers over the journey. Yeah, it's like... It's a fast track of learning to, to like you said, understanding, is this something I want to stick out or not? Um, and that's a very, a, and your price point is super accessible too. It's not like you're gatekeeping this knowledge. No, like, yeah, it's free. Well, phase one is free and right. everything else is under $30 in terms of that. And yeah, I mean, that's yeah. because my intentions is really that I'm not here to make your money. I really want to help. So. Yeah, it's incredible. And I know, like you said, this is your purpose project, but there's so many other components to 6am. And what I love most about you as a person is when I first reached out to you, for example, to talk about potentially working together, you were Mm -hmm. so receptive to hearing my ideas. And I think a lot of people in the industry maybe get jaded or they feel like, oh, I get pitched all the time for this or that. And you have such an open door, like approach to you, um, which I think is 
you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I feel like has contributed to your success because you're really open to hearing how can we do more? How can I build more community, expand our outreach? So where does that come from? Because I imagine you get pinged all the time by people who want to pitch you their ideas. Right, for sure. Well, you know, I think first and foremost, I think you crafted a really, really good email. And also, I believe Marco forwarded the email to me. He's like, hey, you should take oh, a yeah. look at this. So, but, but I, you know, but obviously, just because he forwards it, it doesn't mean that, okay, I'm going to be receptive. I think the timing of your email really came perfectly because it was an area um, that I wanted to learn more about. So anytime when I feel like there's someone, especially someone from the industry that has some sort of knowledge or value that, you know, I see, hey, this is parallel in terms of what I need. Um, obviously, I'm going to respond to that. Now, back to your um say in terms of us being more the receptive, it's always my intention. Do you know why, Olivia? Because do you know how many MySpace messages, Facebook DMs, emails I've sent that never got responded to, you know, not even a no, tell me no, tell me no. So I've always made it a purpose. And this is a company culture that we respond to people no matter what. And if we don't, and I know there's some watching like, wait, why you didn't respond to mine? Look, if there isn't, follow up and just know that it's not intentional because right. right now, yes, our inboxes are flooded, but you know, if it is something that we can truly do, that's not going to, you know, be too crazy. We are always down to respond. And even if it's a no, we tell them, Hey, not this time, at least they got an answer. So that is something quite big in terms. Of, I feel like people in the industry really need to just start responding more because it's a real human with an emotion. And like, you don't know, yes what they're going through. Like it probably took them nerves of steel to like hit that sun button. Right. And like, right. Oh, you know, and like for them to never hear you back. I mean, it, it adds to their narrative. You see, it doesn't work. You see, this is how right. the industry works. So us being the contributor of changing the narrative, we got to change it with our actions. Yeah. And so the action is to respond whenever we can. It's, it's, it, it's really honorable because it isn't the norm in India, any industry anymore, I don't think, but especially this one, because people are busy, but you're right. If, even if the response is no, granting them a response really only takes a couple of minutes and it means the world. And like you said, it's, it's making sure that the narrative isn't, oh, these people are, you know, whatever, or, you know, it's, it, it goes both ways. And, and on the other side of this, I appreciate you saying I crafted a good email. You know that that comes with experience, but I know that in your course, you actually talk to artists about how to craft a good email. So you're not, uh, so first of all, you look professional. Right. Second of all, you're not like annoying them. Um, right. So, so talk, talk to me about that because I think that that is such good information yeah. for anybody. Yeah, for sure. So, because we get so many emails and, and DMs that are just crap. Like, what is this? Sometimes it's just a link, not even a hello. <laughs> and I was really through that as I wait, you know what? I realize artists can't communicate. I realize actually 80% of this population can't communicate, which is why communication is such a big thing for me right now, right? I mean, I hate to say it, but we didn't learn it from our parents and we sure as hell didn't learn it in school. So, you know, and now we're expected to go into the real world and like be able to craft and communicate our ideas or, or to articulate what it is that we want. 
So I felt like it was really, really important to create a few templates and structures that artists can actually follow, right? Hey, step number one, say hello. How are you doing? Step number two, get to the point. They don't need to know your entire life story in this first email. And step number three, always thank them for their time, no matter what. And step number uh, four, five, and six, right? This is how you follow up. Keep it even shorter, right? right. Don't. There are people that actually, um, it's happened before where we, I guess, didn't respond or whatever. We're just busy and they came back. I was like, how dare you just completely ripped us? And it's like, okay, that's not how you follow up. Thanks for getting our attention, but <laughs> you just closed the door. You got the response you wanted or you got the response that you were waiting for, but it's not the response you were hoping for. So, Right. Yeah, it, it, it's so important to know. And one thing that I have learned in my entrepreneurial journey and just in general is people, every, every one of us is a little bit self-centered. And so we like our self-centered when people are pitching us for something, right? And so when I craft my emails, I keep that in mind. You know, this is about the other person, not, hey, I'm amazing at growing your TikTok and you should hire right. me. Hey, you have this great brand let's let's put a light a spotlight on it and build it up you have a great label i love your label hey your event series are super inspiring i mean look call it what you want right bsing gaslighting etc but it doesn't hurt to just be nice and do it and do it because you really mean it right you're reaching out to this label this promoter i mean it's because you want something from them right Share right. with them how you really feel about their brand. At least start with that because you can never go wrong doing that. Like even if they say no, they never respond, whatever. You just can't go wrong starting off with Absolutely. a nice message, a nice hello and a nice compliment. Absolutely. And I know that you and I have talked about some point like that approach in person too because at events it's even more um, like particular because there's a lot going on. You're busy. You're working the event. You're probably troubleshooting 15 different things. And you and I have talked about how like sometimes people can approach and there's the right approach to do it if you want to introduce yourself and, and do business. And then there's the wrong. Um, right. go, but even I want to take a step back really quick because I've seen this debated on Twitter a lot. Do you feel like business can be done at the club or which, which side of the fence are you on in that? Uh, it depends. Okay. Business in terms of networking, yes, absolutely. I mean, it's the best place to do it. Now, business in terms of explaining your dreams, explaining your ideas and goals, no, right? Go out and network, have a good time, have a handshake, have a drink, have a whatever that 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 vibes with the current situation. Mm -hmm. My best advice is to grab a phone number or, sorry, not grab a phone number, grab an Instagram handle, follow them and mm -hmm. DM them right there. Um, hopefully they'll follow you back. Most of the time they will. So not only do you gain a follower, but you're directly engaging with them. Chances are when they follow you back, when they check out your profile, um, your profile should explain what you do already. So right. it kind of already like, okay, is this person sketchy? No, because we have their entire profile on a phone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just leaving it at that, grab an email at worst, right? If they don't have Instagram or social media, that's a lie. Um, grab their email and, and say that you'll be emailing them or grab their phone number and text them right there. Be like, Hey, I'm going to text you right now just to make sure that you have my phone number. And then whatever it is that you want after that, right. 
You do it a Monday, you do it Tuesday. But here's the problem, Olivia. 99.99999% of people don't because they were high. They were high as balls. They were high as fuck, you know, at the club. Getting there, it was great. And then, and then on Monday, Tuesday, when serotonin's run low, motivations run low, they don't do anything in action. It's so true. It's so true. Also, I love how you said nine, nine. I'm pretty sure you said it nine times. I did. Is that just like a subtle? <laughs> no, it's because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's also a marketing thing. We do have nine times nine playing for us uh, end of September. So that is. Oh, my God. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, they, and they literally have nine nines uh, in their brand. So yep. Yep. that's the joke. I, I, I caught it. Um, you're so right though, because people are like so excited when they get that initial point of contact and then their serotonin gets low, like you said, and then, and then they get demotivated or something. And this is like, I'll say for me that has happened in the past because I'm not perfect. I'm continually working through like my limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome. I'll meet somebody at a club and it'll be a great interaction. And then I'll like think about it later and be like, was it that great? Was I being annoying? Was that appropriate? And I actually like can stop myself from taking the next step. So I think people also get shy that way because the club is such a happy environment. And sometimes I think people will second guess themselves. Yeah, for sure. But as long as you get the contact and no matter how you act, you can always start off with a message. Hey, it was so nice meeting you. Sorry if I was a little bit bubbly. Sorry if I was a little over vibing just the music and get, you can always just say that and then boom, get professional right, right off right. the bat. Don't overthink it. You know, I think so many people are stuck in their own heads. Yep. What do they think about me? How did I act? All that. It doesn't matter. You can with communication, with proper communication and explanation. Absolutely. Everything can be start off clean slate. You're right. And I like the Instagram approach too, because it's kind of social proof. Like they can kind of scope you out and look at your pictures and are you posting weird stuff? Do your captions have correct grammar? I mean, really like that all contributes to you as like in a professional sense, the, what you put out into the world. So I think that's a really smart approach DMing them on the spot. I'm actually going to take that tip. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. I just did it in Mexico City. A bunch of people that I met, I mean, I did the same thing. And everyone everyone wouldn't mind one new follower, right? So right. it's always something that um, it's very easy to break the ice. That's so smart. So talk to me about, I know you have events. You had you the Guam Festival, which is something you've been doing for a long time. Is yeah. that going to happen this year? It is going to happen, and I can confidently say so now. Um, about a month ago, we were unsure, but now we have officially set the date for September 1st and 2nd for the 10-year anniversary in Guam. And we have also done the festival in an expanded island called Saipan, which is a commonwealth of the U.S., and we just confirmed the date uh, for August 19th as well, which is coming up very, very soon, but we're going to work as fast as we can to make sure we can put on a good show. That's amazing. One one facet of this show. I mean, a, a lot of what I talk about is the mindset of a creative entrepreneur, you know, manifesting success, but the other component is elevated experiences. And I have to say that the festivals that you're putting on like are the true definition of an elevated experience. They're so unique and different. Um, and I know a lot of it goes back to your roots from childhood, right? Correct. Um, you know, for me in terms of 
making the experience really wholesome. I always believe that the vibe, right? This this invisible KPI, I call it. It always starts from the creators or the promoters, like whoever's leading it. Now, if the if the leader of this event of this brand is this weird, sketchy person or just someone that's just not well intended, or just someone that's not a good vibe. The party itself becomes that no matter who you book or what you bring or how many people are there, we've all been there. It's a packed place. It's one of my favorite DJs, but what something's just slightly off. This invisible KPI starts from that. And knowing that awareness, you know, as a party goer, I always want to make sure that, you know, anything that we did, anything that I was leading, anything that I was leading with my team, that the intention, the energy has to be real. And back to my childhood, right? Um, I'll explain to you why, like my true reason of why I got into throwing parties because it felt like Christmas. Um, that was like such a good childhood memory for me. Christmas season every year. I mean, my parents, my aunts, my family, friends, they really outdid themselves that, you know, it's becoming hard to replicate. And the only thing that has any similarity in terms of feeling and the lights and the glamour and all that was from doing these events. So I wanted to make sure that anybody that came in felt like, you know, it was a welcoming place. And it's good vibes because we're always celebrating something. And what are we celebrating? We're celebrating life. We're celebrating the, the present moment, which is always constantly fleeting us. So with that intention, you know, I, I feel like that's what created our vibe. A lot of people don't understand where's this vibe coming from, but it's like we are coming in with such good intentions that it only trickles down into the whole party and into the people that even work for us have to make sure their vibes are good. Everyone needs to bring that energy so that it creates that welcoming um, platform for people to just have a good time. It's, it's amazing. Um, I love the concept of an invisible KPI. And I love that you have continuously done those pulse checks with the staff that you, that you hire and bring on even as you grow, because sometimes when something gets really big uh, you know, that can get lost a little bit. Uh, you don't have, you're not able to kind of vibe check everyone that you bring on, but I know that that's really important to you and that's what sets you apart. So big kudos to, to making sure that, you know, you do that because, you know, I, the same can't be said for lots of other organizations simply because they're just too big to, you know, to be able to do that. Well, you know, like I'm just going to say, right. Too big means that their only KPI is the financial KPI. And and we went there in terms of like, at one point, you know, in our journey, um, me, me and Marco only looked at the numbers. Mm-hmm. And we used that to determine if things were successful or not. And that led us to become actually depressed because we're like, we made money, but like, I don't know, something felt really weird, bro. Like, right. And it's like, yeah, like the vibe, the energy was wrong. And like, and then we started to realize that, Okay, not every money you're going to or not every event you're going to make money. That's completely like true in terms of the event promoter world. Even if you're a big company, um, you know, you're going to have nights where you lose. On nights where you lose financially, you have to look at other KPIs. How was the vibe of the party? How was the artist experience? Right? Once you start looking at that because they have long-term intangible growth not just something so black and white short term. 
So that is just something super important. I've actually mentioned this on another podcast that I did in Mexico City with another promoter, actually the one that booked me, and I told him the same thing. Like you can't just look at one singular KPI because that's where everything else goes to shit. The artist experience goes to shit, right? Buyouts, Uber pickups, right? Uh, the vibe, who cares? Who cares if we just made money, We it's sold out. Who cares there's not a lot of porta-potties? Who cares, you know, things are running out or security's being assholes, who cares? Because we made money and you can't do that because then that's when you're gonna get the feedback from the community and the community don't give a damn about right. your financial KPIs. They care about their own experience. They right. just gave you money to have an experience. And if you're not able to deliver that fully, including the artists that just flew halfway across the world, jet lagged, you're going to do a dinner buyout, right? Um, assuming that that is what you just offer right from the get-go and not asking them if they want a proper dinner together. Right. And the reason why... I mean, I know you're telling the truth about how you run your business, but what's social proof to everyone else is you are so closely intertwined with your brand. Like you are the face of the brand and Marco too. People know who you are. You're putting yourself out there. Like you are accessible in terms of people could figure out if they had, you know, a bad time at an event, who to contact. So you are, you are directly responsive and responsible for that. And so you know, yeah. That's it's very rare. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't always like this. I mean, I wasn't always so like, hey, this is fully me, the authentic mm -hmm. me. I mean, it took me a while. I'm, I'm 39 right now. I'm turning 40 end of the year. It wasn't until just a couple of years ago, 4 or 5 years ago that I finally broke out of my shell what, 34, 35, right? And now I just feel so good about it. Like there's nothing to hide because authenticity wins, you know, in the words of Gary Vee, I watched so many of his content. I listened to so many podcasts for so long that I finally was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And there's only one way to go about it is to be authentic. There are people that get uncomfortable in, in the situations and it's not because they're shy, they're whatever. No, like I'm sure if you have dinner with them off camera, all that, they're fine. But it's just something about they're not unable or unwilling to tap into something that's just really them and just bah, throw it out here like this. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a brave thing to do to put yourself in the spotlight and to, to be asked questions and to be, you know, um, just, just to, to not have high walls basically. And, mm -hmm. and you can tell the difference with artists like, and for me, especially when I'm looking for guests for this show, I'm looking for the people where they're injecting a little bit of personality and a little bit of authenticity and realness and rawness into what they present to the world. Yeah. Because if it's just all about my show here, you know, and I'm not saying not everybody has to like put all of their business out there, but when it's very like cut, cut, copy and paste, here's this show, here's this upcoming project, whatever, mm -hmm. I feel like you don't you can't connect the same way yeah. as you can connect with an artist or someone in the scene who's just like honest and, and upfront about who they are. hundred percent. And I'm someone that always understands that it's your, it's your actions that will actually um, be the example, right? Cause anybody can say I'm authentic. I'm real. I'm all this, but no, like, how are you showing up? How are you showing it? 
And how are you doing it consistently? And because of things like Artist Map, the content we've been writing, like the position that we're kind of in right now, we there is no other way in terms of how to approach this without being openly and authentically because this is what we preach. So you better do what you preach, right? Or else, again, living in cognitive cognitive dissonance, right? Yep. You're, you're, te- you're teaching and telling one thing, but you're acting another. That also does something to your to your brains. You're right. Well, this has been such a valuable conversation. I appreciate your time as always. And I know a lot of people, not just artists, but anybody can find this so useful. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Olivia. It was a pleasure. Don't you love that concept of an invisible KPI? I feel like I've been trying to put my finger on what that is for so long now that I've been going to clubs for more than a decade. And I think for the most of, like most of us, we just call it a vibe. The vibes were off, but he's so right because it does start at the top. You could have the best venue, the best DJs, but if the people who are curating the party don't have a good vibe, There's just something off. And I actually shared this with a friend recently who opened a new club in Chicago and I could tell from day one that they were crushing that invisible KPI. So if you enjoyed this interview, and I hope you did, the best way to support the show is to subscribe on YouTube, give us a follow on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course, share the episode with your friends. I'll see you here next week.